So today we are going to be looking at a psalm. And how do I say this? Um, the, the reason why I have chosen this psalm is in the back of all the conversations that I've had um, with uh, some of you in the past month. Um, the awareness of the different places where people are. Um, and also in, in, in the light of what's going on with my own life as well as a disciple of Jesus. And, and I just wanted to, for us to, to be thinking a little bit. And also, so that's one reason. The first reason is where we are and um, where I am. And the second reason is also in the back of what we've been doing, uh, the series with the unlikely heroes about David, Daniel, and... Joseph, well done, thank you. I thought I checked. Um, you've, got the, you've got the notice sheet there, and um, on the back of the notice sheet, there is some um, squares that um, are helpful there. So if you wanted to take note, and if you wanted to, to, if God draws your attention to a particular something, so please make good use of that. Um, the way I'm going to start the sermon today is by asking you guys to read it for yourself, the passage. So Psalm 42. If you want and you're a fast reader, you can read Psalm 43 as well. And then what we're going to do is after, after you've read it, I want to read it to us. But I just wanted for us to take some time to, to, to dwell in God's Word. Psalm 42, for the director of music, a masculine of the sons of Korah. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with a multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throngs. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from the Mount Mitzah. Deep calls to deep, in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at the night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? 
Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Hallelujah. So, Father God, Holy Spirit, come and reveal to us the Lord Jesus. Come and reveal to us the Lord Jesus through your word and help us, Lord, to act upon it in worship, in obedience, and found faithful as your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I've, 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 I've chosen a tough psalm intentionally. And the way that I want for us to look at Psalm 42 today is by asking four questions. And the first question that is a very popular question that I ask, or we all ask, is, how are you? And that's what I want to ask you. How are you? You look and you read, and probably we, 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 we don't know for, for, for sure in what state the, the author of the psalm is. But it's very clear that he is pouring out his heart to God. And therefore, I'm asking you the question, how are you? Not because I'm expecting a genuine response like, I'm well, thank you. But really, how are you? If God was going to ask you that question, what would your response be? The encouragement that I get from this psalm is that actually you you see the psalmist and you read this thing through and actually the whole book of Psalms and you see how honest these guys are with God. Honest to the raw stuff of life. So the question that I dare ask, I'm not asking it just out of courtesy. I'm asking it because it's a very important question. It is a very important question in our lives as disciples of Jesus. How are you? And perhaps I've chosen the wrong psalm for some of you because it's a little bit gloomy here. Uh, everything is going against the odds and it's, it's not going the right way. And actually, perhaps if I'm asking you the question, how are you, and you're truly well and you're fine and you're good, use that as, as, as a springboard for praise and worship. But I'm asking the question, how are you, because I struggle with my own honesty sometimes in answering the question. And actually, to be living in this culture when we have become all self-made and successful and sufficient, it is very difficult to answer this question truly and honestly. Because the expectation is that, well, come on, you lot, 
you as individual, you're such and such and such in real life. Why would you, why would you be struggling with this area of your life? Or why would you be having difficulties with this particular issue? Because we're all self-made. And this self-made image is stopping us to be honest. So when I ask the question, how are you? I want you to use that piece of paper and be honest with God. And use this psalm as an opportunity to say, God, I am this way. Now, I did this as an exercise yesterday. It's very difficult. Because you're looking. And again, you're not bringing the list of things that are wrong with your life and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But it's, it's, it's very real. Because in one sense, we cannot hide anything from God. So we cannot play Uh, It's a bit like psalmist says, where can I hide from your presence? If I went to the west, you're there. If I went to the east, you're there. I cannot hide. So I'm asking that question really loaded. How are you? Because you cannot hide from God. Psalmist, look at his heart. I mean, look at all the psalms really. But 42, you know. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts. My tears have become my food day and night. I've got these people who, who, who are really taunting me. My soul is downcast. I'm disturbed. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. How are you? One of the things that is very interesting in this psalm is that there is this idea that the psalmist kind of simplifies it by looking at creation. And again, going with the theme of of creation. He looks... As at the deer, and he says, as the deer is looking for those brooks of water, so my soul is looking for you. Now, if you read the early church fathers, um, you'd come across the guy called Augustine. And for Augustine, it was very clear um, that he said that for all of us, we've got a God-shaped vacuum in all of us. And, and the, 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 the question is, what are we feeling that God-shaped vacuum in all of us with? If, if we are at the point of honesty of saying, God, I thirst for you, are we having other things in the way that are putting that thirst off or in denial. Now, when you are thirsty, you are thirsty. Coming from a hot country, there is nothing that can substitute the water. You can drink Coke, you can drink Fanta, you can drink other drinks, but when it comes to to that fulfillment of that thirst, 
water does it best. And, and, and the, the, the question that I ask myself is that in, in that God-shaped vacuum, what are the things that are stopping me or distracting me to thirst after God? The psalmist is very raw here. And I think that's where the place of confession comes. When we say that actually, Lord, I'm really struggling with this because this is what's stopping me. Thirst after you. I'm aware that there is lots going on in our lives. I'm aware that in our journey of discipleship, there is a lot of distractions. I'm aware that actually sometimes we find ourselves overwhelmed with life full stop. And I dare ask that question that is then our focus right on God as we deal with these things? How are you? The second question that I ask here, that is very clear that comes from the psalmist, he not only shares his heart with God, but he shares what are the arrows that are coming towards his worship of God. So the second question that I've got here for, for us this morning is, how is your worship of God being challenged? And what are you doing about it? There is this ongoing theme in Psalm 42 when it says, everybody talks to me and it says, where is your God? And this, this ongoing question, where is your God? Which actually, it doesn't need an answer because he's answering, he's answering the, the, the question by, by praying the psalm himself. He's answering the question by calling God the living God. But it goes right to the core of worship. Because if the question is, where is your God? Well, that's the same question that Jesus was asked at the cross, isn't it? If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Where is your God? So, so, so basically, what you have done until now, it's futile. There's no God. You don't need to worship it. So it goes down to the bone of worship. And, and the psalmist is answering that question that's saying, yes, I am struggling. Yes, I am downcast. Yes, I am in a pickle. But yes, I'm this place of acknowledging God's presence in my life, even if he is silent. Even if I am in the desert, even, if I, if I'm, even when I'm having all the odds come against me. So that's the question that I'm asking myself, and that's the question that I'm asking you today. What is the questions that are being thrown to you about your own walk with God? And what are you doing about it? Well, let's learn from the psalmist. 
he's pouring out his heart to God and saying, look, they're asking me these questions. I don't know how to answer other than just to come in prayer to you and be frank and be open and be realistic. What are you doing about the questions? One of the things that the NIV says here, um, it's ungodly, other ways is translated differently. The, the idea here from the Old Testament is not just to say that, that separation, but it's more this, this group of people raising these questions are people who have been part of God's covenant and they're no longer walking with God in his covenant and therefore they've got the guts to question in this way. So again, it's coming from a place of, of non-worship trying to influence the worship of a follower of God. So in the midst of your questions, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of wherever you are, make sure that you deal with the questions that are thrown to you honestly before God. Because you are going to be questioned, where is your God? It's guaranteed. But if the answers come from that place of meeting with God, they're more validated, more valid than if the, the answers come from a place of us being insecure and, and we ponder more and more and more questions which lead to doubt and lead to, 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 to wrong direction. So that's the second question. How are you and how is your worship? How is your worship challenged today? And what are you doing about it? The third question that I've got is, how are you turning your meditation into prayer? And how do you, and this is in the light of, how do you deal with God's absence? Read the psalm for yourselves. Read Psalm 43. They're, they're one unit. 42 and 43 have always been treated all together. It's really, really raw. But, but, but I, think, I think sometimes I try to spend my time meditating rather than just saying, God, this is, this is what it is. Come to my rescue. Reveal yourself. Come and deliver me. Come and give me courage to face my enemies who are taunting me with that question. So that's the third question. How are you turning your meditation into prayer? Verse 6 of, of Psalm uh, 42. I'll read 5 and 6 together. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I'll remember you. From the land of Jordan, the heights of Hammon, the Mount Mitar. So it's all those memories, all those things, bring them to God in prayer. And the last question is, 
wherever you are in this journey, whatever you're facing in this stage of your life, what are the things that your heart is preaching to your mind? Now, I know that we, 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 we live in, in an era, in an era and in a, in a stage that all, all we need to do is open, open Google and try and look a theme and uh, we will be bombarded. But I think there is, there is a, a, this is a very important exercise in our walk with Jesus because sometimes down deep in our hearts we know what we should do. And to come to the mind, it's a big process. And I think I find myself in this constant, constant battle that I know what I should do, but I think otherwise. And instead of having somebody to preach at you what you should do, allow your heart to preach to your mind in these situations. Come to the grips with the reality that actually you are in the presence of the living God. So, so that's, that, that's, that's why I love Psalm 42 and I think it's very good for where we are because that's, that's how he ends. That in the midst of whatever is going on, he, ha- he finishes the psalm in this note of hope. On this note of actually I have managed to meet with God in his absence and my heart is preaching to my soul, is preaching to my mind actually, truth. Look how the psalm finishes. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will, so do you you see how this becomes then the action of the will? The the, the heart has has preached to the minds and now the whole body says, I will. Yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, can I say something? that the psalmist doesn't say here because he doesn't know about this. But if the psalmist was able to say this in the Old Testament, how much more able am I to say this as a Resurrection Sunday Christian? As a person who has met with the resurrected Christ and has been promised the Holy Spirit. Guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be idealistic about this. But I have to be honest. We've got it better off than the Old Testament believers. We've got the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And indwells us to the point that we are able to answer those questions with His help. Because not only He is the helper, but He is the purifier. He is the sanctifier. He is the Holy Spirit. So how are you today? How is your worship being challenged? And what are you doing about it? How are you turning your meditations 
into prayer. And what are the things that your heart is preaching to your mind? Caroline kicked us off this morning with that question, what is your soul singing today? I think that's what I want to end with as well. What is your soul singing today? So I'm just going to like, I'd like to to say that we're going to spend the next two, three minutes just pondering a little bit on those questions. And then I'll hand it over to Caroline to um, bring the service to an end.